0: Welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. Uh, my name is Hussain. I am in a darker booth than usual.
1: Uh, my name is Phoebe. I am, I'm not in a booth. I'm in, I'm in a normal room.
0: It does look like a booth to us living from a certain angle, but you have a lot more natural light coming in mm-hmm. um, and it's nicer and it feels more spacious. And I assume that like you can actually stretch your legs out, whereas I cannot. I can so, yeah, so I'm very I'm very jealous of you and your luxurious podcasting setup. Um, and this week, joining us to talk about lots of very fun things, we are joined once again by uh, our friend, Brandy Jensen, who came on, a, like, I can't remember how long ago, but I know that I was editing it because when the episode came out, um, it was edited very badly. <laughs> so Brandy, I'm glad that you were willing to come back and also uh, giving you the guarantee that you will sound great at the end of this uh you
2: better live up to that promise this is your one (laughs) shot at redemption here
0: it's it's devon well our producer devon is very very good unlike (laughs) me who is not so uh so i promise there won't be any like weird breath sounds uh but no thank you so much for coming on uh how's it going how's how's life where you are
2: uh you know things are good i'm in new orleans it's warm and sunny i'm not stuck in a dark booth in england so Yeah, I'm doing pretty well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if you're sad about anything, just just remember, you're not in a dark booth in England. (laughs) Well, maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe when you listen to this, you are in a dark booth in England. And to which I would say, uh, well, you know, the things are the things that we do to get this podcast uh, podcast out there for you. Uh, No, Brandy, thank you for coming on. And we are very excited to talk to you about um, how good working life is and how great working lifestyles are. Um, especially through, especially through the frames of people documenting their very real working lives. But before we get on to that, um, we did ask you whether there was a post that you had seen recently that you enjoyed. Um, and you did send us one, which... Um, yeah, so Brandy, you sent us this video, um, which I had not seen before. Because I realized that actually... Because you had said when we were talking... Oh, the one about the Welsh, uh, the Americans discovering uh, Welsh accents. And um, I had assumed that there was one, I think it was in relation to either Lord of the Rings or some sort of fantasy thing. So there are a couple of like TikToks or videos sort of going around of Americans seemingly discovering things that they kind of classify or think of as elvish, but are in fact actually Welsh or Gaelic or skull, like something <laughs> along those lines. So I had not actually seen this video before. Um, would you like to tell us, uh, b- before we kind of cut into the audio of the video, uh, would you like to tell us what what's going on and what, what made you find this funny or like interesting or insightful?
2: Um, yeah, so this isn't Americans discovering the Welsh. This is, I think, sort of the opposite end of the spectrum, which is Americans over-identifying <laughs> with what <laughs> seems to be a like... Uh, crumb of her- Welsh heritage in their own past and then deciding that they are going to be the arbiters of who is and is not allowed to use Welsh words, which it's unclear if they themselves are even pronouncing correctly in this video. <laughs> so this is, it starts um, with this very typical uh, sort of scoldy TikTok face, which is somebody sort of leaning in, eyebrows a little bit raised, about to really like, Tell you some some cold hard truths about the world. You know that kind of vibe you get from mm-hmm. these TikTok videos, and it's um, she explains, I think, somewhat incorrectly the um, etymology of this one Welsh word, which I am not even going to attempt to
0: pronounce because how, did,
1: how does she say it? because I because ha- I still I still haven't. Right, still it have is not
0: now in the catalog. Okay, uh, do you want do you want to watch it quickly? Yeah, I'm just going to watch then... it real quick. I'm sorry, yes. sorry, okay, Randy. So-
1: no no that's fine.
0: Come back in a minute.
1: Yep. One All moment. Right. right. How long is it? For for so I think it's off? like
0: two the whole thing is like two minutes something, but it's I don't like two think it's, minutes.
1: It. it's My God. The things I the things I do. Oh God, the, the face. She's doing the face.
0: It's the face.
1: It's yeah. It's the face. It's the TikTok's Goldie face. Mm. You're so right. It's the it's the, the, the chin in the hand and the I'm about to maybe say something, which is maybe if you unpick it, maybe technically correct, but I'm going to deliver it in such an annoying way. You're going to wish that I was completely wrong so that you could hate me a bit more. That's the, that's the the posture.
2: Yeah. And it's this like the, the kind of, kindergarten teacher affect of the way, like, here, here I'm going to sit you down and, like, explain this to you in a way that I think you, a baby-brained person, can <laughs> maybe start to understand. And her examples of, you know, how the how the Welsh have been historically mistreated in, include literally talking about the TV show The Crown, about how, <laughs> like, that's, oh, that's... A- <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right. She, at one point she says, you know, um, something about, I think, like the minor strikes or whatever, and she's, as as per the crown, oh, of course, thank you for that academic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm um, just, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, so what what is she actually, like, arguing? What is she trying to, like, in your view, like, what was she actually, what's she actually trying to say?
2: So I I think what she's trying to do is she's trying to mimic um, a a sort of, something that other people have done to greater effect, particularly other like members of, um, of ethnic diasporas have tried to say like this, this word or this thing, this, this cultural object um, isn't, isn't really open for use by just anyone. This is something that is being, uh, you know, misappropriated by the wider culture. It's not something that you can just slap on an Instagram post or a t-shirt, whatever you want to say. And that's like, that's, I think, a, a legitimate argument to make in a lot of contexts, but ne- but when it's it's becomes so pervasive that you've got people who i who identify as Welsh American,
0: um, <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> trying yeah. to
2: trying to gatekeep a language, which, to my understanding, um, I think people who speak Welsh would encourage more people to try to speak Welsh or understand Welsh words like the danger they would, they
1: would the love danger it Welsh 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 being, speakers would lo- would absolutely fucking love it if people were like made more of an effort to learn Welsh and recognize Welsh language and Welsh culture they would love that so much <laughs> <laughs> uh yes yeah, so this it just seems like a like a a very sort of typically
2: American um kind of like rash slightly ill informed uh incredibly confident and wrong footed yeah. to, um, to step into these uh you know arguments or cultural dynamics that that um this person may not completely have a handle on herself um and i think also just speaks to this sense that um people uh a lot of people on tiktok it seems uh really want to feel like they have some kind of legitimate ancestral grievance that they um. can
0: opine about <laughs> it seems like so i was also thinking about because i've seen videos like this from um kind of like the way the way the best way to describe it and again like i don't i'm not really on tiktok so this is kind of stuff that i see when I like hit the app button every so often when I'm like really, really bored. Um, And uh, I think I follow like someone who does a lot of like language videos. And so uh, on my recommended page, you get like a few more. And I've definitely seen this kind of context of video. That's something along the lines of, um, oh, this English word actually like has this long kind of history you know you know it it originates from all these different places and the reason why it sounds like the way that it sounds is also to do with this like history of like colonizing and appropriating and like um also the ways in which like you know uh uh native like or kind of indigenous languages were then sort of uh reappropriated for uh colon like in within colonial frameworks things that like have
1: well Welsh like, was Welsh was Welsh was sort yeah, of deliberately, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. deliberately wiped out which which again is like a legitimate grievance but whether or not it is a legitimate right. grievance for a white american with one welsh yes, grandparent yeah, yeah, yeah. is like i think is i think yeah. is more well, the
0: point what i was why i was going to add was that and this actually goes back to the beginning which is like the scolding face right which was kind of like they sort of have it right and a lot of the stuff that they put these guys put out are really interesting but the way in which it is sort of told it's almost like It is. it is scolding it's almost it's this mixture of like i'm gonna drop some knowledge bombs on you but also i'm gonna try and make you feel really bad about it for some reason or i'm going to like yeah or just sort of like to try attach it to a kind of like personalized grievance but one that doesn't really make much sense and like in most of the cases when i've seen these types of videos the people who do it they're really there to be like, oh, you know, this word that you 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 use and you take for granted, I bet you didn't know that it had this colonial context. And But in this one, it sort of seems like it's that's taken a few steps further to then be framed as kind of an act of cultural appropriation. But again, I could be, I don't know whether that's like a fair assessment or not.
2: Uh, I would say that that's fair. And it's also, I mean, I just like the video because it's, uh, I think, extremely funny to to be <laughs> to to go this hard for the Welsh diaspora is just kind
0: of I think there might be my, my wife used to work for um the Welsh like national uh, nationalist party uh and from the stories that I've heard uh I think some of them would actually be like really happy about this. Um if only yeah. because if only because it's like well at least it's sort of like advancing a message that even in like British politics doesn't really get heard very much like especially considering like how it is like dwarfed over you know uh scottish the questions of like over scottish nationalism scottish independence tend to overshadow so much of that and so you have like Plaid cymru and like even kind of even more like like stringent hardliner welsh nationalists who really would just like a sliver of attention that like the SNP get. that's as far as i've been told anyway
2: i i would just you know i i would caution any um uh, sort of um, any movement like that. To um, I would caution them against bringing uh extremely excitable Americans into the fold. I <laughs> yeah, don't, I think I, that's, I
1: don't that, think, I think that, that's the point, isn't it?
2: I don't think that <laughs> Irish Americans have done a lot. To <laughs> I mean, I suppose you know uh they 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 send some money, but you know the uh, Irish Americans are by orders of magnitude far more obnoxious than any actually irish person i've ever met in my life and i don't i don't know that you want um to be encouraging a a welsh american version of that
1: Mm. i i I just love the idea of like a kind of welsh nationalist being like "Ah, the americans have found out about us and then watching this and being like no no, stop helping! Stop, stop, stop helping! This isn't. This is not. This is. This is. This is not helping. This is not helping at all. I like
0: the idea of like an American that discovers that they're like fifteen percent Scottish on like a sort of twenty-three and me type of thing, and then like goes really hard in for like Scottish independence and like
1: yeah.
0: becomes almost like a Scottish independence influencer. I think that could be incredibly funny, but also incredibly plausible.
1: I mean, yeah, I, that I, I think that exists
2: out there. Look for him; he's out there. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: So I think, well, yeah I think what's I think well, the the thing about this video is like I'm it's like, like there's no there's I don't particularly want to get into any kind of like uh discussion about like whether or not what she's saying has any merit um because I think that there is I think there is a decent argument for um for particularly deliberately uh deliberately kind of eradicated um and deliberate mm. and and you know deliberately um I was going to say treated badly, languages, but that's not that's not really quite that's not really quite right. There was a deliberate project of wiping out the world, both Welsh language and, and and Welsh culture, and it's now basically only spoken in in quite small pockets of of, of Wales. I mean, lots of people in Wales don't don't speak it either, um, and it's which is which is which is very very sad, and um and it and and I think it's also very villainous. I don't really. Ad- Agree that it's that it's not a piece of terminology that that can't be used by anyone else I think it's quite a lovely piece of terminology which has kind of broad applications and and and, and doesn't necessarily have to mean Wales and it could refer to uh to the kind of the the kind of ethnic memory lo- sort of longing for homeland of kind of of, 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 any, of of any diaspora and I and I think that's okay a, a Welsh person. Is of ob- is obviously free to disagree with me. An American is not free to disagree with me. Like that's I think that's that's the that's that's the that's the line that's the line I'm taking. But what I think is interesting about about this particular video is there are two things. And the first is that Irish Americans are like a kind of they're an they're an observable phenomenon. We all know about the Irish Americans. And it's almost like this 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 person has kind of looked at her own family tree and gone, okay, well. I'd really like to basically just map the uh, what Irish Americans have to say about Ireland and their heritage, and just just on a on a different on a different country. That's what I that's what I'd like to do. Um, and that's why she starts talking about colonialism. Some of the stuff that she says, you know, unequal representation in you know government of the British Isles, etc., is like is completely correct. Like Wales has been. Functionally abandoned and and has been and has been since that year. It's like it's really really monstrous what has been done to Wales. But again, whether or not the language of colonialism is necessarily appropriate is, I think, an argument to be made by by not me, not 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 me, not us. We're not we're not allowed. We're not allowed to do that. <laughs> but I think, but I suspect that there is an argument that this is like not quite the right word. But I think the best bit about it and this is much less about the content and more about the framing and this is what brandy was saying about um about the tiktok i'm about to school you face Mm. people who are genuinely interested in imparting information do not do it like this people who are interested in something or knowledgeable about something and want to tell other people about it do not behave like they're a primary school teacher about to yell at you for like hogging the crayons so like it's this it's the it's not even what she's saying it's the i am like i am actively telling you off with this information this is not information i'm sharing this is not information that i that i think is useful to have uh this is information that i think um that i've i've basically just found a really really good way of being uh of being a kind of hall monitor about about this particular subject matter that i have looked up just now that's yeah what I think. exactly <laughs> that's what i think <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i think you're broadly right no do, we have, uh, Brand, do you have brandy have anything else to say about the video or shall we go on to the next segment
1: uh no
2: i was just I, it occurred to me that like one of the um problems with this TikTok. One of the interesting things is that uh, this is a person who is clearly looking to, like, uh, generate some dramatic form of conflict in their own life where none probably exists. And the uh, day in the life TikToks sort of do the opposite, where they want to, like, remove any sense of drama or conflict from (laughs) their lives and present just like an easy, frictionless version of their own existence. Mm,
1: Absolutely and also I think like and and also I think there's a certain cynicism to it as well, because uh people have noticed but like certain cynicism in like quite a kind of almost like sort of dated sort of way that people have noticed that uh cultural appropriation content um does you know d- does generate does generate views and does generate discourse and attention and it feels very much to me like a white American being like, well, I've got to have something. Uh, uh, here something. it is. I'm Welsh. Okay, here we, go. Yeah. Here, we go. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I am one-sixteenth Welsh. Okay, let's look up Wales. Let's see what we've got. Oh, oh, Edward I. That was, no, that was not chill. That was not chill of <laughs> Edward I. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't chill of Edward I, but it was a very long time ago. That's my, that's my that's my that's my that's my that's my that's my line that's my yeah well until, <laughs> that's, until that, those are
0: my thoughts on edward the first long time ago until like the welsh nationalist influencer like decides to do like the edward the first redemption arc whatever i don't know i don't know what that'll look like but well, I'm maybe very-
2: there's gonna be a backlash maybe a bunch of white americans are now gonna get in trouble for getting like dragon tattoos
1: <laughs> yeah oh See, the, God, yeah edward the Ed, um, first was the king that colonized Wales. They, it,
0: I didn't. I didn't know that. It would not be so, a redemption oh, arc. Uh, you, you can get rid of that. that or you'll
1: be an, all, Or just like, the,
0: the caveat because... would be: it'd be an English nationalist, which, and we don't like them at all, so we don't need to entertain no. that. Anymore.
1: Yeah. Um. I. Th- I think there'd be something quite funny about being an Irish American TikToker. Being like, I'll tell you what, it's time for it's time for us to rethink Edward the First. Um. <laughs> he wouldn't he they wouldn't do that because I'm pretty sure that Edward the First did some unpleasant stuff in Ireland as well. Edward the First was a shit. That's that's I think this is the takeaway from this. Edward the first, fuck that guy. Fuck that <laughs> fuck And that also, guy.
0: yeah, need to find out more about him so I can say fuck <laughs> that guy. Um but look, let's 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 talk about uh let's let let's talk about uh something Edward the first would or possibly wouldn't do. I don't really know. Let's would would he vlog his day? I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But well, um, that was my attempt at a segue into the next segment, which was day in the life. That was video. Fucking terrible, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> look, look I, I lack. I haven't had any. I haven't had any vitamin D today. Um, I haven't been outside. I'm in a dark booth. Um, I didn't know who Edward the first was or what he did uh i'm going through some stuff i'm sorry about that okay no Uh, that's that's all right i'm just uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's just it's it's my attempt um so i want so we also wanted to talk about this week about day in the life uh vlogs and videos and it's something that's been on the list for a while um i think like we it was sort of an offbeat conversation we had with another guest but we were sort of seeing a proliferation of this type of content. I've seen it a lot on YouTube. I've seen it a lot more on TikTok. I think anyone, um, especially recently, they've kind of like gone, kind of gone viral across like different platforms and more recently on Twitter, where a lot of these videos were being mocked and uh, satirized, mocked in part because by like tech industry guys who kind of use these videos to sort of suggest that like, Um, people who work in like diversity roles or in like non-coding jobs actually weren't really doing anything. They were sort of like considered to be deadweights and therefore if they got fired by the likes of Elon Musk trying to like impress his friends online, uh, that's actually completely fine. Um, I saw like a few of these videos. I also linked to a few of these videos as well in case like you guys hadn't seen them. Um, I don't think in the, I'll try like sort of describe what a typical one looks like and the best way to sort of describe it is you've, you've got this like person who's probably in their like early to mid-20s they live in a city uh their apartment at least the one that they've, they've sort of filmed is like lots of sort of pastel minimalist like pastel colors uh they wake up very early they do some yoga perhaps they might go for a run uh they go to the office they make lots of cups of coffee they take snacks uh they do a bunch of meetings and don't really describe what any of those meetings are they have a lot of like good and nice lunches if they work at a tech company um this is they're like fairly kind of mundane videos for the most part uh but they're sort of there just to kind of show what a what it's like being kind of like a young professional working in like a major city be that like London New York Berlin, and so on um and yeah these these type this type of content is like sort of taken over we we took a lot of the episode um uh thinking about this from rebecca jennings's piece uh that she wrote for Vox, and we'll link that into the show notes as well because there is she does describe in that piece like a kind of aesthetic around this type of content and also some like she kind of thinks about the ways and, and reasons why they're kind of going they're kind of going viral and like what they sort of mean in terms in relation to curation um before i sort of go on to like asking you questions brandy i want to ask you um whether you had seen these types of videos before and like also what you kind of thought about them generally uh if like because you had mentioned that you hadn't really kind of seen loads of them or from the ones that i linked like did you have any thoughts on like what or did, like yeah you know, do they make you feel anything and especially like working in sort of an industry which is sort of in between like media and tech i imagine that these types of this type of content like is is somewhat familiar
2: um, so, I mean, I'm not on TikTok, but I see the ones that make it to Twitter. Um, that's how I get most of my interactions with TikTok, because I let other people curate um, either the really funny ones or the ones that everybody's making fun of. So I've I've seen them. Um, the The vibe I always get from them, like I said, it's this very, like, frictionless, kind of conflict-free. Like, nothing really happens in these yeah. videos or to these people. It's sort of like like an ASMR of adulthood kind of vibe <laughs> for them. Um, and what I, what I think is really interesting is like, so for somebody who's, you know, uh, older than the people in these videos, my, like, what, the the thing that I could compare that to for like my generation when I was that age is reality television, right? It's supposed to be like a peek into the actual lives of real people. But my version of what adult life in the big city was supposed to look like via reality television was that it was it included a lot of conflict. It was a lot of drama. Things were constantly happening. Mm. Um, that was sort of the ideal. It was that that you would you would grow up, you would move to a city and you things would constantly happen to you. That was sort of like both. The, that was the promise of getting to be a grown up is that you would have to navigate all this drama in your life and it would be fun and messy mm. and, you know but, but very kind of like event driven. Um, And so I think it's interesting that the, the promise of adulthood to the like younger generation to Gen Z is that like, hopefully nothing much will happen to you. You can (laughs) just kind of coast through with this like kind of calm, placid vibe, you know, you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll drink some coffee, you'll take some meetings. We're not sure what happens there you'll maybe go to happy hour with your friends all of whom get along and are are equally beautiful and this is sort of the dream mm. of adulthood is that um not much will happen. <laughs> mm. So that's just like an interesting pivot. Yeah. But but both are equally fake. Like in the same way that, you know, The Hills was scripted and totally fake, these day in the life videos are entirely manufactured and mm. but it but it's an interesting fantasy, I think.
0: Yeah. I actually hadn't thought about that before in terms of just like the ways in which it actually sort of presents this idea of adulthood as being kind of completely free of conflict um and i guess in part because i was thinking about like while you were talking and while you, when you made that point i was thinking about the stuff that i watched on tv for example uh, that was my what that were like my expectations of adulthood and um you know in some ways they kind well you know they sort of for me i guess like the best way of putting it was in the same way as like i imagine lots of other people who were teenagers when friends came out which was like oh my life will sort of be like friends where you know i'll have like a very small set of friends and we hang out in a coffee shop uh, and like have japes and adventures and all that stuff and like obviously that sort of varied over time um and then obviously when you grow older you kind of you know you sort of realize that oh like all of that was bullshit for obvious reasons that you grow up and realize that TV is not real life. But the thing about these types of videos is that even though they sort of present a similar kind of fantasy in the sense of like, you know, your life can be if you sort of follow that, if you do all the right things, because a lot of these people who make the a lot of the, the day of the life content, especially if you're in the professional realm, they also kind of make content in the sort of productivity, studying, um, optimize your life type of space as well. And so when you put those things together, it kind of feels like what they're trying to say is that, well, if you're able to optimize your life enough and you can actually kind of develop a friction-free life that mm-hmm. then sort of is rewarded, to, then what the rewards are this sort of like aesthetic lifestyle where you have a, you know, a, a job that you're amazing at and you get to drink loads of coffee um, and you'll never get over-caffeinated and you'll get to eat loads of really nice meals and you'll always feel really energized. Um, yeah, kind of like still presenting the idea of having, being able to sort of like, optimized for an easy existence but in a much more sort of aesthetic way but also because these guys are all content creators the feeling that like oh this stuff is actually accessible because it's not like actors playing roles these are actual you know these are quote-unquote actual people pursuing actual quote-unquote authentic experiences
1: mm. yeah I think that I think that's right I've I re- I've, <laughs> I i had not actually thought about it quite in this way before but I but it's a very good point that Brandy made about how you only see TikToks if people are making fun of them or if they're funny enough to kind of make it onto, make it onto either kind of Twitter or Instagram. And it's quite, it's quite fun that for all the discussion about how the TikTok algorithm works and how your feed works, that people still find a way of, of circumventing <laughs> the kind of the proprietary algorithm. That So there's no, basically no way for a social media company to force you to look at the at at the uh, presumably very very expensive um, product that they have designed for you, which I think is quite funny. That that I think is quite <laughs> funny. I think that's fun. Um, I'm also interested in the idea that uh, yeah, these frictionless ex- these frictionless existences are are almost that it's almost like they're in like deliberately um, in tension and in conflict with with reality TV. Right, like, or 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 maybe less that, and maybe more in conflict if we want something more contemporary, in more like in conflict with um with something like streaming, which Mm. kind of which sort of thrives on um which which thrives on not so much controversy but certainly kind of manufactured sense of like of kind of constant anxiety, (laughs) and the and these are like deliberately kind of unanxious. Portrayals of what of what a life should be, and of course, what it always because these things always obscure it. They always obscure just how much money you would have to have to to live like this. Um, and it's it feels to me very much um, uh, very much connected with uh, kind of, like kind of minimal makeup videos and like that, like that kind of thing.
2: Oh yeah, well the like here's eighty-seven steps to take to look like you aren't wearing any yeah. makeup.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's those, but also the kind of here is like my five minute makeup look. And then you look at this person and you're just like, okay, so um that is expensive facials, that is probably a personal trainer, that is um that is eating probably very expensively, um, that is um that is tweakments, that is that is Botox, that is like vampire facials like what like what like whatever and what is deliberately kind of skirted around is this idea that the only way of reaching reaching kind of peace and contentment is by uh, um, engaging in a kind of huge outlay in order to make uh make the kind of the top up and the kind of the op, the upkeep of uh of this life that you have bought for yourself um as as kind of frictionless as possible because you can only do the because like it's because like anyone can do um do their do their face of makeup in 5 minutes like that's not that's not like that's not hard that's not a hard thing to do but to look like these um like these kind of ethereal kind of almost like kind of lacquered glowing women um, then a bunch of other stuff has to be happening behind the scenes. And this seems like a really obvious point, but it's also it's also so much part of the of the kind of the fantasy. And particularly um particularly this is something that I've seen a lot um where where influencers have brand have like brand partnerships with um, with skincare. Product and they say stuff like this cleared up my acne, and then you watch the video, and then in tiny, 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 tiny writing it says, uh, "In conjunction with with Roaccutane, just at <laughs> the just at the bottom, and it's like no bitch, Roaccutane cleared up your acne. That's not doing it. That's not doing anything. That's maybe making you like it's maybe making your face soft. That's not doing that's not doing shit." um
2: the the yeah the hidden work going on behind the scenes is kind of obvious from the literal beginning of these videos like how do how do many of these videos start it's i woke up and it's like mm. but you 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 woke up you set up your camera you like made sure that the light coming into your room was correct you got the good angle and then you went back under the covers <laughs> pretended to be asleep and then you woke up right yeah. like this is how these videos start is that there's there's all of this um, image management happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There's you know, and the people who are who are good at at directing themselves, who are both sort of the actor, writer, directors of their own lives, are the ones who are um, putting out these you know sort of very sleekly produced versions of themselves. Um, which yeah, it's like ha- they're they're all so emotionally flat in a way that I can understand how somebody could kind of get sucked into a rabbit hole and and watch a bunch of them. Mm. But you come out the other end having sort of learned nothing Mm. and felt nothing. (laughs) Like there's, you know, there's really no kind of narrative arc. Like I'm just, like I said, it's, it's, it seems akin to ASMR videos to me in a way that I'm like, I'm I'm interested in the idea that that is what a life should be.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's also like ASMR is not actually that far off from like what Rebecca says as well in terms of it kind of being more of like an aesthetic sensory experience and really one that's like particularly informative. But also another thing I was thinking about when I was reading her piece and watching some of these videos was the thing that Phoebe, you had mentioned a while ago. Um, I think in relation either to these kinds of videos or just like other types of influencer content. Um, around kind of like jobs and labor and everything, which is fundamentally that this is also marketing material. Um, And I was thinking about how, like in a lot of these cases, the people who are making these videos, but not kind of, you know, Well, what's interesting is like, number one, these people are not kind of working like manual labor jobs or like heavy labor, like most of the content coming out of this are from people who work professional office roles, usually in cities or working from home, but mostly working in cities. and they're working at companies which like in which like recruitment tends to happen on college campuses, usually targeting people with college degrees. Uh, and the pre like the predecessor of all these were kind of like brochures, right? So like I remember being at uni and being like the stuff being advertised to me uh, when I was in my final year. Being stuff from like consulting firms, law firms, and so on. And like every so often, you'd sort of be invited to like an evening, sort of like wine and cheese event where they would show you a video of what it'd be like to be like a trainee working at like a law firm. And but in that case, like it would they were, you know, you could sort of see that, oh, an ad agency sort of did this. And the way that they're sort of presenting the glamour of working at like, you know, Clifford Chance or whatever is that you get to work in like a cool, like perspex off like glass office and like, you know, you get to fly to different countries and. You get to hang out with, like, a team of people who all have perfect skin and get they get on really well. Um, but it was very much the idea that, like, oh, you know, in this company, you will find, like, a secondary family. In these types of videos, though, like, what's really interesting is that you don't really get to hang. You see, like, many of their colleagues, let alone, like, what work they actually do. And so... The, one of the sort of differences that i kind of noticed about these types of day in the life content is that it is very much geared towards the individual and almost sort of operates outside of the actual work it was more of the idea that like oh with this type of job you can af- you can afford to have like a particular kind of lifestyle um and so yeah, work, all the benefits are external from that
2: work and life are are sort of collapsed to the point of um Indecipherability in a lot of these videos, you can't tell like at what point they're at work and at what point it's, you know, they go out after work with their work colleagues. Um, And so it's very much a kind of like your entire day, both your work Mm. day in scare quotes and your, the not part work of your day are all going to be kind of fundamentally the same, Mm. that this is just like an approach to your entire life that will fold in work. And all of it is, kind of like um, easy and, and aesthetically pleasing um, and something that you could present to an audience in the mm. way. And mm. yeah, I mean, you couldn't, a day, in the, a, a lot of people have jobs where it would be, you know, um, dangerous to film yourself doing your job <laughs> right? or, or you just don't, you just don't have the time to mm. be <laughs> sticking a camera in your face. Have, like, you know, I would, I would, The day in the life that I would find sort of compelling are the ones that don't lend themselves to this kind of treatment.
0: There is like one that I saw a while ago. I was trying to find it for this one. I wasn't able to because I just stumbled upon it accidentally. But it was a guy who like worked in like he was worked in construction and he did something akin to sort of like a day in the life video, lived in the UK. And it was like one of the more entertaining and certainly more interesting ones because like number one, it was like very much like he just had this camera, he was like filming on his phone camera, right? So like there isn't any, you know, he's not kind of when uh, when he's talking about like having a breakfast and he like films his plate and his plate just looks like food, but it's not kind of like organized in a sort of aesthetically pleasing way. And he's just having a fry up. And then he spends, there's like a section of the video, I remember where like him and his mate go up to the top of the scaffolding um, because they don't, they're, they're trying to avoid their boss because they don't want to do like extra work so they like go to the top of the scaffolding uh to smoke some cigarettes and like to hide from their boss who's looking for them and i thought that was just incredibly funny but also just like much more entertaining than any of these sort of like much more highly curated stuff but again like as you mentioned like incredibly dangerous as well right like he's filming like from the bottom of the scaffolding like he's sort of filming the ground and at one point he also is like joking with his mate that he's going to push his mate off and like you're kind of <laughs> like oh is he being sort of Is he like? being serious about this but it's genuine it's like this very entertaining point of tension that you just wouldn't find in like all these like fucking like law trainee shit
1: mm. i think it's a really good point that um that not not just that you the m- most kinds of jobs you really can't because I mean, it's not even not even just sort of jobs like that it would be dangerous like just like like the kinds of jobs that like most people do like if we're t- talking about kind of man sort of manual work like that's not necessarily that physical but like working in like a call center or as a cleaner or something there's not Mm. there's really like that not not that much to look at and obviously like these videos are supposed to be kind of aspirational in a kind of in a certain in a certain sense but although although you sort of wonder exactly what it is you're meant to be aspiring to um but what I think is is a really good point is that there are very deliberately no obvious boundaries between their work and their leisure time and everything they do is supposed to be making themselves more optimized for work and then their leisure time can be kind of also approached uh also approaches both connected to work and also as like a kind of job there was um there's a really good uh, really good piece in the face written by um friend of the show Clive Martin about um about or about kind of the organized how organized fun has taken over people's leisure time um and about how kind of grimly people are approaching um approaching their social lives but also dating as just a kind as, as something that can be treated like it is a kind of element of your of your working life or certainly your Mapping the um, the assumptions that you've picked up from your working life onto the rest of your life. So, like, I know somebody who was given a feedback form after a tender date. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. what? Yeah, no, yeah. What did the form look like? Well, what did okay, it well, say? Hang on, hang on. I, I've got I've got information about the feedback form. Um, so funny. Uh, so th- uh,
2: it was like a post date date exit interview.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. Oh god. Oh, that is the bleakest shit
1: I've heard in a long time. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> uh okay, so my friend is a killjoy, so he um has deleted all of or he's like obscured all like the actual things on the um on the do- on the uh, on the document, but um what he said was um so Hi lads. Um, if you went on a date, um, and following the date, the person that you went on the date with sends you a list of all the things that were good and bad about the date, um, would that be would that be weird? Um, and obviously, everyone in the chat was like, "Tell us, tell us what was on the list." Like, yeah, obviously, obviously that's weird. Obviously, that's in, that's like a, a mental thing to do. Um, but uh, hang on, what was the what were the complaints?
0: I was. Just, I'm more surprised that like the feedback form wasn't kind of yeah. But it was more of a list of like here are the things that I thought were good and here are the things I thought were bad.
1: Mm. Oh no! But I, it, I thought it was like
0: a questionnaire of just like oh, no, was no, no, I no. good or was no, no, I like no, yeah.
1: no 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 no. It was a feedback form. Like like Brandy Brandy nailed it. It was an it was an exit interview. Oh for god. This okay. Day. Yeah. Um. But- <laughs> um. The main complaints was that he was a few minutes late um, and also that he interrupted her while she was telling a story
0: <laughs>
1: and the good part the good parts was that she enjoyed the kiss at the end <laughs> 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 and i said did she i said and what form did this Arrived? Did she say, like, I've actually written up a few thoughts on, on the date if you'd like to see them? And he said, No, no, no. She just sent me this little spreadsheet with me.
0: No. <laughs> a, spreadsheet. a spreadsheet?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh a
0: spreadsheet. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. How do no, I have, t- How do I'll, I respond to that?
1: I'll tell you this for nothing. If George ever leaves me, I'm staying single forever. I'm not doing this not this. I, I, I can't, I can't do it. I don't. Oh,
0: that's so, that's so weird. Did they, did they go on another date?
1: Um, I
0: think they did. Oh my oh, God. No, you
1: can't, you they can't did. see the
2: person who's sending a spreadsheet again. How do you look that person in the face on a second know. date I knowing know. they sent you
1: a know. spreadsheet? Come on. Oh, 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 Brandy, this was after the second date they'd already had. They'd already had an Wait, initial so, date. So on the first she, date, there kept, was no there was no feedback. The yeah, no feedback on the first date. So she's clearly right. kind of kept that in stocks to really hit him with. Um, yeah, so I, th- I feel like even though they don't seem like they're kind of part of the same system, I feel like they're very much drawing pins on the same board. I think we could definitely definitely attach some red thread between the pins on the board for this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know the the idea of giving a prospective partner a kind of like performance review, like you would yeah. get at a job,
1: is yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's, bleak. A, that's a bummer. <laughs> that's a real yeah. that's a real bummer to have happen. And I've also now um, told thousands of people about it. So um, he doesn't listen. It's fine. He's not that good. He's clearly <laughs> clearly not that good a friend. But he is a good, he good kisser.
2: So. He is a yeah, good kisser. Did, it, it, it sounds like he got points for that, which, you know, yeah. that's that's a really important part of being out there on the dating scene.
0: Yeah. I'd love to be on a podcast. I'd love to like have be referenced on a podcast being like, yeah, he sort of sucks at most things, but he's good at like kissing. <laughs> To I'd be, be clear, fine with that. to be so. clear,
1: I don't know if it actually said you suck at most things.
0: <laughs> 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 I don't think it was
1: as insulting.
0: No, as no, that. it feels no, it feels like much more of an or much more of a. I mean, honestly like. I feel like that's really shocked me. I feel like it's one of those things that I I joke about every so often Mm. and then we're like oh no people do do this people
1: are actually doing
0: this but in the same way that i've seen like other tiktoks a bit again the ones that sort of end up on like twitter and unfortunately also sort of posted by like really kind of quite danger misogyny accounts but these tiktoks where like you know you do have women who will say no who will sort of say like here's how i like rank the kind of men that i'm seeing right now and they'll sort of bring out their spreadsheet and it's just like uh, how I don't know how to necessarily respond to that. But what I was also going to add was that actually this is an interesting the kind of account because, like, Brandy, you when you sort of mentioned the TikToks that you see on Twitter and like the ones that sort of make it through, um, it kind of brought up the idea that for um a lot of for I imagine for many people, uh, who hadn't seen like day in my life videos on YouTube or on TikTok like organically, the first time that they would have sort of seen this stuff would have been on Twitter. And probably posted by tech guys or tech adjacent guys. Um, and the videos that they would share would use from what I un, from what I could see anyway, tended to sort of target young women, young kind of women, often like women of color as well. Uh, even for and accusing them of basically working like non-tech jobs or like not real jobs, and therefore were sort of seen to be like fairly disposable. Um, and I had like some sort of aversions with this in part because. My feeling, especially for among kind of the younger people who make this type of stuff and who make it in these very sort of like very cleanly curated, very um, precise ways is that like making this content isn't really there necessarily to kind of show how much they really love their job or like how much they really love being part of Google and stuff. It almost feels as like making this stuff is more about it's more about like a content real in, in and of itself. The fact that like even... And I imagine that many of them sort of come in being quite aware that like all oh, these types of jobs that we get, like, you know, we, we're we sort of entering like a very precarious economic environment, like none of these jobs are guaranteed. And like, you know, in this economy, like it's very, um, you know, you, I imagine lots of young people sort of go in kind of knowing that they're a lot more disposable than they might expect. And so it, it's almost like creating this type of content is more of an insurance, more of a kind of, or like even like a plan B or just a sort of a reel in which they can use to sort of launch a broader and wider content creator career. Um, yeah. I wondered what your thoughts were on that basically not even just with like video, like with these types of videos, but just with like the ways in which people kind of approach making content generally.
2: Um, yeah, I mean the, the, they're marketing a product and the product is like themselves. And, uh, I think and some, uh, some of them literally do, work in marketing, right? So the idea Mm -hmm. that you can create viral videos seems like, you know, a more impressive resume than almost (laughs) anything. Um, yeah. I mean the, you know, the tech guys who are on Twitter all day talking about how these women don't actually work. I'm like, well, you're fucking on Twitter all day. What are you doing? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) If you're so pressed about it, then go, go code something. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's uh, obviously the the motivations are are kind of like they're they're consistent and they're um, they're old, which is that men don't like women a lot of times. And um, um, they uh, they see that as a kind of like easy target that women are um, are unsubstantial, aren't serious, are, are aren't are intellectual. And, you know, these like I said, this is just like a new version of a very old dynamic and so I don't know that there's much more to say about it than that um but yeah I mean the the extent to which um people have to make a product of themselves or feel like they feel like they have to make a product of themselves um to sort of be a modern successful person is maybe a little. Troubling to me, even even Mm. though I say that as somebody who, you know, has written about my own life and tweets about my own life a lot. I don't I'm not sure that that um, that the idea that everybody needs to be an influencer is necessarily like a good direction for Mm. a Mm. healthy society
1: (laughs) to take but i, th- I think um, it's a bad i think it's an actively bad thing <laughs> yeah
2: but i also i mean one of the reasons why i'm not on tiktok and i only get the tiktoks that that surface via twitter is that i think a real key to maintaining a modicum of dignity as you age is realizing that uh, at a certain point stuff that young people do just isn't your business anymore <laughs> and yeah. um so, uh, you know, it, do do I think that it is a, a good um, development that that you know a lot of young people feel that influencer is maybe the ideal um, job to have and the way to promote their own flourishing in the world? No, do I think it's really my business? To, you know, have I done a great job of managing my own life? Either no, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not sure that I'm I'm really needed to weigh in on the decisions mm. that 18 19 and 20 year olds are making frankly
1: mm. yeah i think yeah no i think th- i think that, i think that's right i think what i think the point about like where where the kind of the intersection between um you know, a, like a kind of real sort of a real job if you, if you if you like um and uh and the kind of tools that are required to become a successful it, it, successful influencer is that not only is it all marketing it's multi-level marketing as well it's all it's all it's all a con um most of the influencer economy is also is also an mlm because the vast majority of people um, are not going to be able to do this kind of work and it's very dishonest to put over that they are going to be able to do this kind of work because it is like having these frictionless lives and like being able to do the 5 minute makeup and still look great and not just look like just you know just some person um it's all it's it's all a con because all of these structures rely on there being very 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 very, very few people um make, sort of making making the most uh, making sort of the most the most out of it um one funny thing that i saw was people men on twitter saying um saying oh my god there are layoffs at these tech companies and it's because these stupid bitches have been making videos about their days and like the day and their working lives and it's clearly like they've clearly like watched them and been like oh my god you're really not doing anything and then sack them like oh these don't you know these dumb broads have played themselves and it's like okay right all right all right confucius like is, is that really right or are they encouraged to do this kind of thing because it's kind of part of part of what makes doing this kind of work look really like really nice to other people like is this like kind of a part of their actual working lives that that they are in full knowledge about it's not like they're it's not like they're making little tiktoks them just being like oh here's me collecting my paycheck and doing fuck all else like it's not it's not that it's clearly a very, very, um, it's clearly a very, very particular way of presenting what you do with yourself all day. Um, which I think is, I think that's quite funny. I think it's quite, uh, quite just quite a funny misunderstanding. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to
2: your earlier point, you know, it's very much an advertisement for like, come work at Deloitte. You too can have this beautiful life. If you come work at this company right so it's it's a recruitment tool for the company yeah precisely it's
1: a a recruitment tool like the idea that some like higher up at at, like google was just like you know idly on tiktok one day and being like this girl i hired doesn't do anything she's (laughs) making green (laughs) juices and doing yoga what the fuck i pay her so much money no that's clearly that's clearly not That's clearly not what's happening. It's like this is it's just like the contemporary version of, you know, those like, like if you start working for a large company and they show you those videos about the company on the first day. Mm. It's just it's just that. But they've but they've worked out a way of not having to put any of their own of their own money into it because they can just they can just get their their staff members to make the stuff for free.
2: Also, the idea that these large companies are really making decisions about layoffs based on anything involving the work that the people are doing, right? <laughs> no, yeah, the person just, who is laying you off yeah. doesn't know what your job is, let alone if you're like doing it well or not. You are yeah. just like a number on a, in an algorithm or on a spreadsheet. They, You know, the people who are making layoff decisions aren't making it on the basis of merit.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, 100%. Hundred, hundred I I love the idea of them, of them, like, just like carefully combing through everything, like being told, okay, you've got to make 30% cuts to this workforce. And then just being like, okay, (gasps) fetch me my phone and just being like, right, okay, (laughs) so this one, what's her, what's her social media presence like? Mm, She looks like she's got a lot of free time, get rid of her. Like, that's, that's
0: clearly not, that's clearly not how they're doing things. Yeah. Yeah. The other, yeah, the other funny thing is also just like the tech guys who don't really understand how their industry seems to work. Because in my mind, it'd be like, oh no, if there's like an extremely popular TikTok person who is like making Google look fucking great, like why would you want to get rid of them? Um, <laughs> right? Or like you know, or if the, and just like even with like the new media companies and stuff where the whole, like, and Brian, I don't know what your experience was like with him, but I remember when I was at BuzzFeed, for example, even though like vlogging wasn't necessarily like a thing that everyone was doing, they did very much encourage us to be like, yeah, wear your BuzzFeed merch outside and like, you know, really promote the brand. And, you know, it, and it was very much like, it really had very little to do with our work and much more to do with just the fact that like, well, if people know that this place is like a cool and interesting place to work at, then, you know, they're not gonna, and I imagine this applies like to tech, Much more like stringently now, where like yeah, if you have like a bunch of young people who are saying yeah, Google's fucking great or like Twitter or TikTok are amazing, like why would you want to get rid of them? It doesn't like it doesn't make sense by the like by whatever logic they are pretending to have, which is to ultimately say, but no, really, what it comes down to is like they just they, they they like being misogynistic and this is like a very good and convenient way to do that while pretending that actually what they're talking about is like productivity because again like it is fucking absurd to me for any kind of assumption or any 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 kind of like argument to be working on the basis that like oh actually the people who are uh, tech companies actually like produce good and valuable things and all the layoffs have done is like get rid of the people who weren't producing stuff as if like yeah, as 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 if like these tech companies produce anything other than like technologies that really just go to promote and proliferate advertising. But I think the other point yeah. I was also going to make was oh, about also
1: to function as an intermediary between <laughs> you and like everything which used to be fine and uh, fine and normal. It's just like it's just it's a way of like introducing a subscription tier uh basically every single thing every yeah. single if, thing what, in
0: your in, in your life. What if instead of talking to people for free, uh your friends, you could pay five pounds a month uh, to talk to them and that scale goes up and up and up. That would yeah. be good, wouldn't it? Exactly. Um, and that's right. why you, and that's why you need coders. What I was also going to add was that mm. like one of the interesting things to point out, that both of you have said, is that like the people who are like making making these types of content, clearly like their bosses or their organizations actually do want them to do that. Mm. There were a few people I saw when I was doing the research for this episode where I think one of them who I worked for some sort of consultancy was like, yeah, I actually have to go talk to my boss right now about my vlogging because she wants me to kind of like make some specific kinds of like vlogs for the department that we're working on. So clearly like they are not only aware of this, but like they are utilizing it, Mm. Um, but you couldn't like the reason why i think we don't see these types of stuff happening for people who work in call centers or who work in supermarkets or you know actually no we have a really obvious example of this because i think one of the last times we talked about this we talked about a guy who was making videos of making subway sandwiches Mm. um like he had a gopro on his head and he was just like making and he went like he got his his youtube account uh really sort of became quite popular over a short period of time because He was making these very interesting videos of like what it would be like to work in Subway. Anyway, he got fired. He got fired when they found out that like this guy is making videos, bearing in mind that he wasn't showing his face or anything. Um, And so, yeah, you have this, you have certain types of jobs in which like this is very much encouraged and this is very much part of like a much broader marketing and PR strategy that they have that these big companies don't have to pay much if any money for. Um, but on the other hand like there are workers who are very much barred from documenting what their daily experiences are like especially Mm -hmm. in workplaces where i imagine you don't get multiple free meals a day and like endless coffee and you know uh snacks and treats
1: Mm. yeah for sure but like but as but like but like as well i mean it's quite it's quite recent that uh tech work has become kind of has become not precaritized in the same way that like it's like it was very dishonest to claim that it's kind of just like precaritized in the same way as other as other industries but there's like there's certainly there are certainly kind of rum sort of rumblings in that in that direction with um with the kind of with the recent layoffs um but the idea that it's in any way similar to like working at a subway is i think uh it's a uh, Feels to me like a deliberate a fairly deliberate obfuscation um of what's going on. The one um I think we should probably think in terms of wrapping up, but the one thing I yeah. would like to say. Yeah, my is- dogs are getting Nancy to go outside okay okay so brandy needs to brandy needs to uh take her dogs out um i need to uh, sit and stare at a wall for a bit i think i need to
0: get out of the booth i need to <laughs> um, get out of the booth and film my, my day be freed
1: from the booth free hussein <laughs> from the
2: booth but, but, but can you free yourself from the dark booth in england of your soul
0: I can't. I can't. It's great I was actually going to. Yeah, I was going to say. We I could. I could do. An
1: old English word for that. Um, but um, you're not allowed. <laughs> you can't. To you're not allowed that to use it. So yeah. So Hussein needs to free himself from the booth. But the final final observation I'd like to make, and this is about day in the life videos more broadly, and it's I actually really really like the not the tech worker ones because I find them really dull. Um, but I really like the influencer ones. Um, and the reason I, I I love them, I can't get enough of them. And the reason I like watching them is because one of the thing, and we have uh, made this observation many many times. And I understand the I understand the impulse behind this, um, because you know obviously influencers, you know, they are they are engaging they are engaging in labour. My, que- my question always is whether or not the a significant unevenness in the kind of remuneration you get for your labor uh means that it doesn't really make much sense to be like really an influencer is just like a delivery rider because behave yourselves of course they're not don't be ridiculous um but influencers in the main or certainly kind of micro influencers like huge influence they can do what they like they can they're you know they're just they're just rich they don't care but like someone who has like say a hundred thousand followers um you know someone who was on love island like that kind of that kind of level actually no love island's not a good example because they would be massive but like yeah like um i'm not going to name i'm not going to name any names because like you know what's the point like someone who has like their own tattle thread but like your mother has not heard of them like that's the that's the kind of level we're talking we're talking about here. They obviously think that it would seem distasteful and would fuck up their audience engagement if they said, "Yeah, um actually, um, my life is quite nice. um my job is easy, and I get lots of free stuff. I haven't paid enough to pay for a holiday in like five years, like, actually, yeah, no, this is fine, this is fine." Um, what they could do is they could just gracefully, you know, keep quiet, but they don't, they don't do that. And they launch into this kind of very kind of petulant sort of, well, actually, I've got to write captions and I've got to film myself and I can't, I can't even go to dinner with my friends without taking a, without taking a picture. It's like, oh, you poor you. That's very sad. That's a very (laughs) sad state of affairs. Um, you know, and I have to do this. I have to be assertive with brands. I have to write a caption. I have to post every single day. I have to make TikToks, et cetera. And it's like, you still like, you do some adding up and you're like, okay, but this is still 16 hours a week and you're always on fucking holiday. Like I, I understand that. I appreciate that it is a real job, but I also don't feel particularly sorry for you. But the great thing, but it's it's this very kind of petulant thing A sort of way of responding to kind of criticisms of you know of of the work and of the influencer economy and again i think it's so that they don't look smug but it makes them look it i think it looks somehow i think it makes them look worse but my absolute favorite is the ones where they're literally just like oh okay oh this bitch is doing nothing like she's (laughs) blocked out two hours to decide on snapchat What is that? That's not an item on a to do list for a day. Like, that's not, that's, that's, that's not, that's not anything. And like, they're like, and like, if they're like really, really good at their to do, at their day in the live videos, they will like, they will like put in time out of a day for, for selfie taking. And (laughs) that, I think, is actually a much more successful method of getting like building up a kind of influencer downline because if you're saying to people be an influencer like me and I will in fact I can I can teach you how to if you engage in my content maybe one day I'll like re- respond to you and maybe I'll teach you how to be an influencer and then you could be my influencer friend and be in my influencer gang isn't it a isn't it better in terms of like building their downline to be like if you get this kind of work, then you too can put in selfie taking as like an actual item on your to-do list. You can project manage what you're doing with Snapchat. Who's doing anything with Snapchat still? It, that's bizarre to me. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, so that's what I, I I I love these videos. That's that's like I I love watching them. Just like pick one of like one of those big square jumpers with the funnel necks. You know, and
2: it's the, it's like taking a like hustle grind set approach to to picking out your clothes for the day yeah like it really you yeah. know like you're you're doing nothing but you are uh being incredibly sort of like um you're using mm-hmm. all of these like productivity hacks in order to produce really not much of anything at all
1: mm. yeah and, and it's so you yeah. can then sell your productivity yeah. <laughs> yes notebook. yeah
0: and, to, and this is to yeah. your followers. And this is exactly what even like the professional like um sort of like day-in-my life things are when they actually have jobs and you sort of tune into them because you're like, oh, I want to find out what it's like to sort of actually work in a city job or whatever, like maybe if you're that kind of person. And what's really remarkable when you watch all the videos, both like the ones that I linked and just like even when you sort of find them generally, is how You know, one of my favorite ones are like the ones where they spend a really long time talking about like their coffee making routines, because I think it's like a really good example of just like, yeah, what you're doing, because you really don't want to either talk about your job or you can't really do it, is that you're trying and you're also trying to like meet your YouTube quotas or your TikTok quotas, like to optimize like for timing and everything, because this is purely motivated by the sense of like having to make and produce content what you are doing is really logging out processes that shouldn't take as much time as you are sort of presenting them to be. And pre- and, like, and 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 like because you're sort of framing them as like optimized decisions, you can then use that to be like, oh, well, if you want this type of lifestyle, which comes through mass optimization, then subscribe to my course or buy my book and all those things. Like they all like, regardless of who is making them and regardless of like what they're actually doing, the reason why I think, so many of them follow the same patterns and look the same way is because the model is very much the idea of like, how do you show, how do you show like the fact that you aren't really doing much or producing much in as in a way that obfuscates that while sort of presenting like human optimization, I think for lack of a better term.
2: Yeah. I mean the, the closest my day, my own personal day has ever come to looking like one of these days is like currently when I'm unemployed
1: <laughs> I have never.
2: Yeah. when I've worked a job I've I've never had a day that looks I've never had a day in that life
0: yeah. I've missed I missed like being unemployed because I was unemployed for a very short period of time well like I was unemployed like during like the, the last half of the uh, pandemic when I wasn't doing podcasts and stuff but I didn't have I lost my day job during that time and it was the only time where I could spend like 20 minutes to half an hour like um making a cup of coffee and like really
2: really figuring out what is the best yeah and like way for you to make coffee at home like spending like that's like you're just your morning today i'm gonna crack coffee (laughs) dude
0: (laughs) dude, i spent so much money i spent so much money on like um a fancy like hario kettle and like the v60 thing and like all these papers and stuff i really invested a lot of time into that and like the biggest l that i made was that i didn't film any of it because maybe if I did, and I did it in an aesthetic enough way, um, I would have been sent some really nice stuff.
2: Uh, so, have.
0: yeah, big big L with me. But maybe, next, maybe, maybe when I lose this job, I can, I can, I can do that. Um, <laughs> and on that note, we should probably wrap up uh, before I actually do lose my job. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Randy, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, we really enjoyed it. Really enjoy having you on. And we'd love to have you back on uh, soon. But in the meantime, if people want to f- kind of follow the work you're doing and just the stuff you're doing, how can they do that?
2: Um well as I mentioned, I'm not currently doing any work. <laughs> if somebody wants to give me a job, yes uh, they that. can find me um on Twitter at Brandy L Jensen.
0: Uh cool, i will put that in the show notes as well. Um as well as like all your like I I really enjoyed your like your your columns at Gorka. So I think we should put that in as well. I thought they were great. Uh thank you for listening to this episode of Ten Thousand posts. We really appreciate it. If you want to listen to more stuff, you can do it on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast uh five bucks a month we have lots of really cool interviews uh episodes uh movie reviews lots of really fun stuff uh on there and all your support helps us do the show without ads which we really really appreciate um phoebe do you want to plug anything
1: uh yeah sure why not um join my join my influencer downstream and uh downstream downline and uh and subscribe to my substack that's phoebe uh join my other uh influencer downline and listen to me and milo seinfeld podcast which is masters of our domain available wherever you get your podcast i love that we still have to do the get it wherever you get your podcast like it's a kind of like a podcast is like a kind of sort of esoteric kind of sort of thing like like you you might have to go to a special shop to get this like yeah, everyone ha- everyone yeah, ha- knows. There's to- <laughs> a local podcast. <apartment. laughs> yeah. You've got to go to your podcast farmers market for this. You know one. what? The
0: the idea of the podcast pub is really funny. when I, mean, I realized that no, that thing exists and it's called the brew it's called brew dog because the brew dog has a podcast studio in it, a new one yeah, that's I been built. I hate that. I hate that. And I hate, I hate that. that. I've seen it. I walked past it the other day and and it is genuinely like horrible. I hated looking at it. I hated having to go down that route. So, no, you don't go to your local podcast pub. Go get it wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth. Also listen to Kill James Bond if you don't do that already. Um, I think that's it for us. So until next time, we'll catch you later. Have a good one. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.